Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, we're going to talk about the critical importance of finding the right pricing strategy for your products and services. The amount of times I meet people at our events or we have new clients join our programs um, and the big problem they struggle with is how to price their products and services. And, And for me, this is actually a decision that needs to be taken before you think about marketing strategy, before you start thinking about how you're going to generate leads, whether you're going to use Facebook or LinkedIn or spend money on ads on Google or do email marketing or or any of those things, whether you're going to run webinars or launch a podcast or write a book or whatever strategy you've got for raising your profile or promoting yourself, you've got to decide first and foremost, what's your pricing strategy? And so many business owners, entrepreneurs, experts, for me, just get this completely wrong. Um, you know, uh, like the common mistake I'll see or I'll hear is, uh, you know, somebody who's maybe um, a life coach or a personal trainer or something like that. Um, and their pricing strategy, well, I'll tell you how most new businesses establish their pricing, is they look at all their competitors. Um, now, I'm not saying doing market research is a bad idea. I think doing market research is a great idea. It's then what you do with that information. And most uh, most businesses, new businesses, they'll look at the competition and then kind of pick a price that sits as an average, um, which for me is just a fundamentally flawed way of doing things. Um, that's not a good reason to pick a certain price for your product or service because it's the average of... The competition. Um, in in some respects, I'd argue that either like dominate the market by being the cheapest and therefore attracting a lot of customers based on price, or dominate the market based on being the most expensive. And look, I mean, I make no secret about it. My, I suppose, my approach to this subject is probably a little bit skewed and biased, I tend to move away from the competing on price, low ticket uh, offers and tend to edge towards the premium pricing model. Now, um, like I said, I'm probably biased because that's what we've built our businesses upon. But at the same time, I can see that there is value and that there is a place in the market for being the cheapest. There are plenty of businesses that have done phenomenally well from startup because they've entered a market that already existed and they've dominated because they competed or they came in at a very competitive price and undercut the competition. Um, So that's an approach. It's not my approach, but it's an approach. Um, And look, the, the reason I personally don't love that, even though it can work, is because first of all, um, if your only competitive advantage is lower price, somebody can always come in and beat you and undercut you. Um, So for me, you want to find a way to make your product, your service infinitely more valuable than the competition because that will always be competitive. Um, So again, coming back to it, I suppose 
The mistake I'll, I'll see often, I know many of our audience, many of our listeners are in the coaching, consulting, expert space. Um, the big mistake I see most coaches or consultants or mentors make is they start out and they say, it's £60 a session, £80 a session, £100 a session is their pricing strategy. And, um, you know, I've talked about this a lot. And if you've been to Expert Empires or or listened to the podcast a lot, you'll probably have heard me talk about this before, is that selling by the session or selling time for money in that way is fundamentally flawed because, first of all, um, it causes people to think about how much money am I paying for the amount of time I'm getting rather than what people are really buying is always the result. So I would always, even if you're modeling it on an hourly rate, I don't love that approach, but even if you are saying, right, my coaching program, I'm going to base it on £100 a session, then don't sell £100 a session, sell it's six weeks for 600 quid, or it's 90 days for 1,200 quid, or whatever, which is still £100 a session, by the way, but people are buying a program rather than by the hour. Um it just makes, for me, it, it increases the perceived value. Um, it makes it much easier, frankly, for you to have a viable business. A, a lot of people who are starting out in the expert space, just the pricing strategy makes their business not viable. It just won't work. They can't make a full-time income based upon the pricing strategy of £60, £80 a session. Um so look, I'm always going to edge towards, my preference is always going to be find ways to make it more valuable and go premium. Um, you know, so my belief genuinely is that, look, there's always going to be, in every industry, there's always going to be somebody that's the cheapest. There's always going to be somebody that's the most expensive. I would rather sit at the higher end of that equation personally. I think it's better for your branding, your positioning, um, and the perception, by the way, which may or may not be true, but it's a perception, is that higher price means better quality, means um, that it's going to be a better product, a better service, more likely to get the result, the outcome that you're looking for. So um, so what, what I thought I'd do in this episode is just, just give you... Um, I suppose, a bit of an insight into my thinking when it comes to pricing, uh, and then to talk about, um, since my thinking is generally that you want to look at the higher end of your industry and go to the premium pricing structure rather than uh, cheapest, um, what are some of the reasons why people would pay premium? So let's let's just look at um, some, one industry, I suppose, in particular, which, of course, is suffering badly in 2020 due to the pandemic, but under normal circumstances, um, airlines are probably, a, a, you know, it's an industry that everyone can relate to, understand, and it probably makes the point of premium pricing quite well. So my belief genuinely is that there's all, whilst there, it's true that there's always going to be somebody that buys based on price and wants the cheapest, there's always also going to be a group of people that will buy the most expensive. This is why all premium brands exist. And let's face it, most premium brands tend to fare better in a recession. They tend to fare better when times are tough um, because recessions tend to hit people that are less affluent, harder than the most affluent. Um, 
so that said, let's think about airlines. So pandemic aside, um, clearly on any aircraft, most aircrafts, you've got economy seating, you've got sometimes now premium economy seating, you've got business class seating, you've got first class seating. And depending on which airline you fly with, they call them different things, which I suppose is a bit of a branding piece and, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but ultimately, why, think about this, if the name of the game here is to have a product or service that has high perceived value, which means you can command a higher ticket price, let's analyze why would somebody pay and by the way, for first class travel um, versus economy, you are talking normally somewhere between, if you're lucky, five and normally 10 times the ticket price. Now, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody pay 10 times the ticket price for a first class seat rather than an economy seat? I mean, they're still going to get there. They're still going to get to their destination. Well, they have no greater likelihood of getting to their destination if they sit in first class versus if they sit in economy. So it's not, are they getting the outcome? Yes, no. Um, so there's a number of reasons why people pay premium price. Um, I suppose when it comes to first class air travel, as an example, why would somebody pay 10 times the amount? Well, first of all, and by the way, I'm not saying that any of these things are necessarily true, but the perception is that if I sit in first class, I suppose the first piece is for a lot of people, it's a status thing. So it's, you know, because they can afford it, they want to travel first class and that's their choice. Um, so there's certainly a degree of status in the premium pricing uh, strategy. Secondly, I suppose um, they're paying premium price because they're getting what you could call a better service or better experience. So more legroom, comfier seat, nicer food, more attention um, in terms of service from the cabin crew, whatever it might be. So um, better service is certainly a reason why people would pay premium. Um, I suppose the, uh, as I said, the, the primary two really for air travel are probably better service and uh, ex, uh, status or, or exclusivity. I suppose there is a degree of speed in the, you know, um, private check-in desks, you don't have to queue and, um, you know, you get baggage claim quicker and all those kind of things. So there's a degree of speed, but it's not 10, it's probably not correlated to the price. It's like you don't get there 10 times faster. You get there in the same amount of time pretty much, but you might just have to queue less to check in and get your bags and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, and, and I suppose over time, then uh, airlines have found ways to create more value around the first class travel experience. So, you know, now if you travel, um, like for example, I, I travel to the States with Virgin quite a bit, um, in their upper class lounge, it's like, you know, it's a very different experience to sitting in the normal departure lounge at the airport. Um, and, and they've certainly upped the game significantly. So I suppose there's, those are some of the reasons why people would pay premium. Now let's relate this to service-based businesses like uh, coaches, consultants, mentors, etc. So why would somebody pay a premium price 
in this context? Um, well, a lot of the reasons I just said are still true. So yes, um, better service, better quality experience, um, status. These are certainly all true. Ultimately, for me, when you're hiring a coach, a consultant, a mentor, the likelihood is you're more likely to pay a premium for a higher degree of certainty that you're going to get the result and that maybe you'll get that result faster. So uh, I think the more of a specialist you tend to be, so I often use this example uh, from the stage or, or, or in podcast episodes, if somebody's a personal trainer, um, they're paying, you know, they're getting paid maybe, what, 30, 40 quid, 50 quid an hour for personal training. If somebody's a personal trainer specializing in helping, I don't know, um, women who've just given birth lose the baby weight, then that personal trainer can probably command a higher fee for that customer than the personal trainer, who's a generalist. So because the perception of, um, I suppose, the perception of the likelihood of them getting the result is higher. Um, in, in our business, in Expert Empires, um, we've kind of followed the economy versus first class uh, travel example with tickets to our events. So, um, you know, when you come to Expert Empires, you can purchase a general ticket, um, which is our most affordable option. You've got a, a VIP ticket, which is the next price bracket up, an elite ticket, and then you've got an access all areas ticket, which is the most expensive. So, um, and a lot of events companies, by the way, when, um, coming back to my previous point of it can be a race to the bottom if you're not careful, a lot of events companies, a lot of my competitors were in a race to the bottom. So ticket prices for events over the years had dropped, dropped, dropped to the point where pretty much everything was completely free. Um, and then, so I came into the market with Expert Empires in 2017 and the minimum ticket price for our first event was £199 plus VAT. And um, that disrupted the market. And so I had to find ways of making it more valuable or raising the perceived value in order to compete with all my, all my other, all the other events uh, in the UK certainly were, were pretty much free tickets or events of that type. Um, so I found ways to make it more value. For, first of all, we made it not a big sales pitch. Um, so more content. Um, we hired well-known speakers. Um, which one or two of the companies were doing, um, but they didn't have the well-known speakers and the perception of quality because there was a lot of selling at those events. So we found a way to differentiate, and I suppose you've got to find a way to differentiate in order to justify uh, a premium price. And, and our ticket prices, access all areas tickets, um, now sell anywhere between, uh, depending on when you buy them, but like 500 to 1,000 pounds a ticket. Um, so how do we create more value for what is effectively the same event. So Access All Areas ticket holders get um, dinner with me the night before the event and some of the some of the speakers, they get front row seating reserved in their name throughout the whole event, throughout the whole two days. Um, they get a free bar at like our, we call it the Empire Party. It's like a social with music and stuff um, in, the, uh, uh, in the middle evening. Um, we give them lunch both days, um, yeah, so there's, there's 
there's other stuff, I forget all of it, but there's a lot of additional value in there. And here's the point, there are some people that are never gonna buy an elite ticket, and I'm good with that. There are also some people that are, um, or, or an access all areas ticket even. There, so there's some people that are never gonna buy that level of ticket, and that's cool. There are also some people that are never not going to buy that ticket. Whereas if my event only had one level of ticket, which many do, I'd be, first of all, um, I'd be leaving a lot of money on the table. Secondly, I wouldn't be providing the level of experience that I am providing for not only the high level ticket holders, but the rest of the audience. So the high level ticket holders, first of all, they get a premium experience, as I've already explained, but also everybody else gets an enhanced experience because I've got the events creating more revenue, the events more profitable, therefore I can reinvest more in a really nice venue rather than do it in some shitty hotel that no one really wants to spend two days in. Um, it means that we can get the best speakers in the world. And you know, I've paid significant um, six-figure uh, uh, six fees to individual speakers, um, which I would never be able to do if I wasn't generating additional revenue from premium priced tickets. So look, I, th I think the point here is that clearly premium pricing, if you can create a sufficient amount of additional value is a good idea I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't want to increase their prices, um, charge more for their products or services if they felt it wasn't going to be detrimental to sales, to, to volume of clients, to volume of customers. So I suppose um, in summary of this episode, here's my advice. So, you know, so many times we'll, we'll have a new client join Mastermind or, or, or somebody will ask this question at an event. They'll be like, so how do I price? How do I select my price? How do I choose? And again, what most people do is they just look at the uh, the competition around them and then go, well, that's what everyone else is doing. I'll just do the same or I'll undercut the competition. So here's my advice. My advice is to price your products and services just outside your comfort zone. So let me give you an example. If I've got a newly qualified coach sitting in front of me and, and they want to start charging £60 a session, for me to say to them, you should start charging 10 grand for six months worth of coaching is pointless. That they're never gonna sell it at that price because they're not gonna feel confident. And if they don't believe in the value, if they don't have confidence when they're making the sale, they're never gonna achieve it. So that would be foolish advice for me to go, just charge 10 grand for six months worth of coaching. Um, a smarter player would be to go, look, at £60 a session, you're never going to make a full-time income. So it just doesn't work. It's not viable. It's not practical. So what I would suggest is that you look at nudging that hourly rate up to maybe 80 or £100. And maybe let's sell six weeks of coaching. So people can't buy by the session. So now it's six weeks and it's maybe £500 for six weeks worth of coaching to get a certain result that your client wants to get. Now, all of a sudden, um, you only need to make one sale to make five or 600 quid, so that makes some sense. And once you've made a few sales, um, I actually learned this um, from a guy named Jarek Robbins, who's Tony Robbins' son. Um, and I don't know where he got it from, um, but I first learned this principle from him when he was speaking on stage at one of my events many years ago, 
he talked about the rule of five. He went, you, you establish your price. You, the, once you've sold five people at that price, you increase it. Like incremental increase. You don't need to like go crazy and double it. So for example, if you went 500 pound for six weeks, for a co uh, six weeks, six weeks uh, of coaching or a six week coaching program, um, maybe once you've sold five at that price, you could then go, right, now I'm going to go 750 for six weeks. And then you sell another five. And then you go, now I'm going to go a thousand. And before you know it, you go, oh, I'm a thousand for six weeks. And so by the time you keep doing that and, and you know, you get to the point when you're maybe at 1500 quid for six weeks, you know, doing 5,000 or 6,000 or 7,000 pounds for like a six month program now all of a sudden doesn't seem so ridiculous because you got there incrementally. So my advice is if you've not yet really d determined or you're not really happy with your pricing strategy, price it just outside your comfort zone. I think it's always smart, always healthy. I still do this, by the way. So we raise the investment, the price for our mastermind programs every single year. We do it 31st of December, the price goes up. Ordinarily, it's by about 20%, but it does vary a bit year to year. Um, and every single time I do it, I feel a little bit uncomfortable because I go, oh, you know, like, are we still going to be able to attract the same number of clients that we've been getting now we've increased the price by 20%. Um, and every single year, I get nervous about it. And every single year we do it. Um, my point that I'm making here is proven, which is you can absolutely nudge the price. Incremental increases work. And, um, you know, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that. But, you know, going from rock bottom price to like super premium in one fell swoop, probably not going to work more because of your confidence and your belief in your ability to sell it or people's willingness to buy at that price. Um, so clearly in some businesses, there are uh, in product-based businesses, there are physical costs of delivery. So you've got to factor that into your pricing equation as well. You know, clearly if it's actually costing you, I don't know, 500 pounds to deliver a product, you physically can't sell it for less than 500 pounds and still make profit. So there is a factor. I suppose in many cases, we're talking here about service-based businesses um, where it's time. Um, so there isn't any real fixed cost. It's really your time that you're selling. Then I would say, look at your, you know, where your comfort zone is, set a price a little above that. Definitely always sell a program, a package rather than individual sessions. Um, and I think in doing that, first of all, um, you'll find it much easier to make the sale. And second of all, you make your business financially infinitely more viable. Um, as you grow, it's been my experience that as I've grown my business, you know, um, my highest uh, price program right now is £50,000. We, we actually haven't yet sold one at 50, full disclosure. Um, the last one we sold was at 40, and then I raised the price. So um, our highest price program is £40,000 and we have had people purchase at that price. If you'd have said to me five years ago when I started this business that I would charge £40,000 for one-on-one -on -one consulting with me, I'd laughed at you. I mean, I remember my fee, um, funnily enough, I was only looking at an old video uh, that I made five years ago selling the exact same program that's now £40,000 was nine grand. And by the way, struggled to sell it to begin with. Um, and that price was a little bit out of my comfort zone. So, you know, I think that that should be 
Testament should be an example of start off just outside your comfort zone and then incremental increases. And you know, within, within five years, I've quadrupled the price of that program. Um, and even now, 50,000 feels a bit outside my comfort zone in terms of what I think somebody would be willing to invest in private consulting. Um, but it's an incremental increase. We've had some, we've had people pay 40,000. So I now know that 50,000 is only a shade more. And as long as people believe that A, they're going to get a result, they're going to get a return on that investment, B, they're going to get high quality service, um, that the result's going to be delivered quicker, that they might get some degree of status of exclusivity by investing that kind of fee, that kind of money, then it works. So hopefully you've enjoyed this latest episode of the Empire Builders podcast. Just a note, I really want to say thank you to everybody that participated in the relaunch. It was incredibly successful. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.